Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 42. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Today's guest, this is going to be a good one. Um, we connected randomly on social. Yeah. And, and not randomly. It's just um, you put content out in the world and you start connecting with like-minded people. And, and here we are today, which is really cool. So I'm looking forward to hearing this story firsthand for the first time. So please introduce yourself, name, and kind of what you're up to. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I'm Justine Giles, and I'm a singer-songwriter originally from Sudbury, Ontario. So How long have you been here? Uh, about two years. Okay. Yeah. Right before COVID hit, I moved here. And I was living in Toronto for a little bit as well, but I'm sure we'll get into that mm -hmm. later. And I decided to start over, needed a fresh start cool. personally, professionally, late 2019. So I had a little bit of normalcy when I got here mm. for a couple months and then uh, the world, you know, shut down. <laughs> so Crazy. It's been a wild time. Well, this would be really cool because like new to Calgary and I'm sure there's an interesting story of why you came. So yeah. we, we will get there. Yeah. Um, you've seen one show uh, with our friend Paula, which yeah. is cool. So you kind of know the gist of what we're about to get into. So yeah, just go back as far as you want to go. Kind of growing up, how you grew up, where you grew up. Um, obviously you're kind of uh, your inspiration growing up, and I'm kind of curious to hear when the, the musical side of you kind of kicked in and and how that's grown. Yeah, it started super young. I just feel like everyone says it, right? Oh, when I came out of the womb, I was singing and whatever, but it, it's, it's just so true. Um, my dad is a bass player, and I grew up watching him tour and play festivals and was always with a band and, and writing songs and stuff like that. And he's also a singer and guitar player and all these things, so... From the time I was a kid, I was just like immersed in it and I loved it. And mm. yeah, so I grew up in Sudbury and it's it's a city, but it's very much a small town, very small downtown core, very strong art scene. And I was so lucky. Like when I look back, I was really fortunate to attend schools that just cherish the arts from the time I was young. Were they specific art schools or was it just like strong art programs in public schools? Both. Uh, I went to a public school that just always had theater productions. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my teachers always saw it in me to like call on me to lead my class in song or get the lead roles in a play. Even when I didn't want to audition, they were like, yeah, you should audition. And I'd, I'd get it. And Were you comfortable? Like right away, kind of yeah. like front of the class on stage? It was like... Yeah, the funny thing is as a kid, like everyone thought I was such a shy person and I think it's because I was always an observer. Mm. It's not necessarily that I was shy. It's just like I I always paid attention to what was going on around me. I was very, very like hyper aware of my surroundings and the stage was a place for me to like always come undone and be loud and be myself and it still feels that way like to this day. Mm. So yeah, I'm really grateful for those teachers that just like somehow saw it in me and pulled it out of me mm -hmm. and encouraged me from such a young age. And then I went to an arts high school and I've always been into visual arts as well. So I started as like a visual arts major at this high school. So it's like a kind of like an early program for, to be a graphic designer, kind of? Like kind of. Would that be the path that you could have been on? Yeah, for sure. And I actually did go to college for like graphic design and mm. art and design fundamentals. And I start, studied art history and photography and all these things. And I love it. But I always come back to music because it just, there's something about it that means a little bit more to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in high school, I started grade nine in this visual arts program, but then I saw people 
performing on stage. And I thought, I got to switch majors. I got to get into vocals. So then I switched over to vocal music and got involved with that and started songwriting when I was probably 15 or 16, stole my dad's guitar and never gave it back to this day. I still have it. No way. I've uh, brought it across Canada and I just never gave it back. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that your first instrument? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Self-taught? Yep. So your story, and we're obviously super, we're just getting into it, but like, <laughs> like, you, like you started off, you, when you said it, like, it's not cliche, but like, you, you've been in this for a long time. And yeah. You just, you just knew that this is what you're going to do. Absolutely. And, and even in terms of writing, like, I always had a, one of those diaries with the lock and key and, mm -hmm. and wrote poetry and just, it was a natural expression for me that felt safe. And I think I probably felt that I wasn't allowed to say certain things for some reason. Like, I don't know if it, it's just conditioning to like be a good student or be a good girl or like, uh, my brother has special needs as well. So growing up in that environment made me grow up really fast. Uh, so I always felt really responsible and, and had to have my shit together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I kind of felt like there was a lot of negative emotions that I couldn't express, if that makes sense. So any kind of like sadness or anger or yep. like grief, I felt like the only safe place to do it was in writing. Hmm. Yeah. Just because you were just not comfortable, like you hadn't found your voice yet. To yeah. Kind of, and, and, yeah. You, and even as we get older too, it's still hard to kind of talk about things that are on the negative side or that upset you. That's still hard at any age, but totally. when you're a little person, yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, it was scary because I just... Um, yeah, I guess I didn't have that, that confidence and never wanted to be out of line or misbehave or that kind of thing. So where's that, where's that from? Is that, um, like growing up in a, you know, you had bigger responsibilities at home. Yeah. Or were your parents pretty like rigid? I, it's funny because I don't know exactly where it comes from. Like, I feel like I've been more rigid with myself than my parents were. Mm. What do you think that is? Is that like, is that trying to be perfect? Is that trying to... Yeah, I think there's some def like definitely some perfectionistic mm -hmm. tendencies that have been with me since I was really young. And, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it, yeah, is, is pressure I put on myself to um, to be a good person and, mm -hmm. and do better and mm -hmm. strive for like excellence or mm -hmm. whatever. And, and I was like a straight A student and I took a lot of pride in that. And if I ever got like, you know a lower grade. Mm -hmm. My parents weren't hard on me about it. I was. It was you. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think when you're, when you, when you said a little while ago about just kind of um, being very observant with your surroundings? Yeah. It's interesting because does that, it's kind of, it's, you have both things going on. You can be the center of attention yeah. on a stage, mm -hmm. but you can also sit in the back and be kind of quiet and yeah. almost in, like introverted. Oh, hundred percent. Like I, I definitely to this day have both. Like I go into two different sides of myself. Like on stage, I feel the most like myself where mm -hmm. I can kind of just be in the present moment and have fun and, and express this different side of myself that maybe people don't always see. Cause mm -hmm. I think when I go into my cave and I feel introverted I feel like I could be perceived as like a very serious person and, mm. and I do take things seriously. Um, but yeah, it's like two very different aspects of myself. When you, when you get off stage after a show, are you exhausted? Like when you get home and wind down, what do you feel like? 
it's a weird mix of exhaustion, but also liberation and extra energy. Like I find it hard to wind down after mm -hmm. a show. Mm -hmm. And do you ever catch yourself being like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe <laughs> I said that. Or I can't believe I acted like that or how much energy I had. Like, do you ever catch yourself? Yeah. Last week, actually, I had a show. It was a really special songwriter show. And those are very few and far between because a lot of bar gigs you're kind of in the background mm -hmm. so then I could kind of you know still be in my element but I'm used to what that feels like mm -hmm. but a songwriter showcase where you get to talk about the meaning behind the songs it's you on stage spotlight yeah and you're actually giving some context for yeah it was like unreal and, and probably one of the best shows I've had in in many years because I just had the opportunity to leave everything at the door, like the stress of the day mm -hmm. and didn't plan it out. Didn't have any script. I mean, I had a rough set list that I wanted to do yep. and songs I wanted to share. Mm -hmm. And obviously I know what they mean to me, mm -hmm. but I wanted it to be organic and it very much was. And I think there was just like this magic in the air and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's, I think it was a, a combination of things. It's because I let myself have my heart on my sleeve and mm -hmm. just, be vulnerable and, and be in the moment. Mm -hmm. The audience was amazing and attentive and a listening crowd. And they actually cared about hearing the stories yep. behind the songs. And yep. I was also joined by my co-writer who's helped me write some really potent songs. And, and something about that night was like amazing. Mm -hmm. So I was writing that high for a couple of days, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was really special. The, have you had a, it's very interesting, and here's me, like, not, not understanding how you do it and what you do, but for <laughs> me, it was the DJ world. Yeah. And to have nights like that where you would, you know, play a room and it's kind of electric, you know, it's a long night, it ends at two o'clock, and I found when the lights came on, there was that, you kind of ride the high for a while, and then all of a sudden I felt this, I needed to crawl back into my own world. It was so much energy going out that it was yeah. exhausting, and then, you know, two day high or whatever it was, like, you're kind of have goosebumps for a day yeah and then once it subsides then you're kind of back to reality which was sometimes uncomfortable mm -hmm. and and the piece that always got me was like looking for that next high yeah <laughs> like you're preaching to the choir here chasing it because that's what happened to me exactly mm -hmm. it, it's exactly that because i i left feeling so affirmed like mm -hmm. i was like this is why i do this mm -hmm. Um, I want to, I, I want to do this all the time. I wish that was every night, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, a couple of days go by and reality sets in, you know, it's like, I got to go work a shift at a restaurant and, mm -hmm. you know, still got to pay my bills and mm -hmm. all these, all these things. And it's, it's hard to have those highs and lows. Yep. Yeah. The highs are, the highs are really high. M music music <laughs> highs are, are insane. When you can kind of, when they, when you, when you're kind of, when you have the room's attention, it's a special thing. Yeah, and it was really special. Mm -hmm. What do you think about chasing that high? Have you th have you given it much thought? Because I've, I've thought about this for a decade while I was DJing. Yeah. And and it always bit me in the ass. Because <laughs> I, I was just, I was putting that high into all the other parts of my world. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm finding it to be a little bit challenging because I'm going to music as my everything mm -hmm. to fill my cup mm. and that can be a dangerous game because it does fulfill a lot of things it checks all the boxes right it's like human connection um i'm thinking about just that show in particular like 
it gives you a boost of confidence. It, mm-hmm. it gives you a sense of purpose and mm-hmm. it ties into your self-worth. Mm-hmm. All these things. Um, got paid for the show. So cool. Another check, like check the box there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is like, if that's the only thing you have going on and you're just so focused on your career and that's the only thing bringing you joy, like that's problematic because when you get back to reality, if you don't have the friends that you can call or have something else going for mm-hmm. you to feel a sense of joy, that's hard. That's really hard. But, but you're thoughtful of that, right? Like you can, yeah, I'm, you, you're thinking about it. You can kind of, <laughs> I'm thinking about you it. You can kind of see because it's, it can be a thing. Like it can be, a, that, yeah. that chase can be exhausting. It can be not good for your, your health, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely mindful of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing because music's always been my everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's safe for me to have a relationship with music because mm-hmm. it doesn't really leave me. Yeah. Uh, and I can be vulnerable with it and it can fill my cup, like I said, and check all these boxes. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, as much as it can spark human connection, it's not a human. Mm-hmm. And I'm a human mm-hmm. and I still need human connection outside of music. Yeah. So... That's something I'm navigating right now. And that, that, that'll be forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. That balance, trying to find that balance and trying to find that not going too high and understanding it's going to come down and not being too worried about the down because it's going to go back the other way. Yeah. And it's the same thing with releasing music mm-hmm. too. I, I hadn't released music in four years and I'm sure we'll get to that story uh, shortly, but essentially I had like crazy writer's block for the first time ever in my life. Oh had a relationship that was really significant to me tank and I just had so many blocks Mm. and that kind of sparked my move out here partially (laughs) and uh, so releasing a new single this year is the first thing I've released in four years Wild. so obviously that comes with a lot (laughs) a ton a ton uh, we will get to that. Yeah. I want to go back to um, just kind of coming through high school, like when you made yeah. the switch to vocals and kind of what that path looked like. Yeah, high school was hard for me. I uh, had a lot of insecurities going on. My brother, like on top of having autism since he was like a toddler, uh, ended up in a diabetic coma when I was about 12, hmm. just overnight. And it turned out to be type 1 juvenile diabetes. And sometimes you can literally have it one day and you didn't have it the day before. Very sudden. And yeah, I don't remember how long he was in a coma for. Like obviously it was a pretty traumatic time, so I don't really remember Mm -hmm. everything. But he almost died at that time. So as I was in like grade 7, 8 and into high school, it was uh, a really challenging time for me. And I was trying to process all of that stuff mostly on my own and yeah I think it was it was harder on me than I realized at the time because I I felt that again you know I have to keep my shit together and keep rolling and be strong because I felt that people needed me to be Mm. and it was like the only way I knew how to cope so I just did whatever I could do to get through that time. And and part of it was writing and and songwriting. And another part of it actually manifested itself as like an eating disorder during that time. So it was really challenging for me. And I didn't really 
let a lot of people into my world at, at that time. Like just, it's just, that's kind of, that was the decision you made. That's the way you felt you needed to handle it. Yeah. I think it was like a sense of control, mm. right? It was like a, just a coping yeah. mechanism. So yeah, I carried that throughout my high school years and had a couple close friends and, and what have you. And again, had like amazing teachers that were always there for me and I felt safe with them. So mm-hmm. I talked to them about a lot of that stuff and they encouraged me to perform and to write and all these things. Yeah. Um, and you did? And I did. And I, and I started songwriting. And you still have that book? Oh, I wish. Actually, maybe I don't wish because I think it would be <laughs> pretty dark. It'd be, uh, well, I can't imagine. It, it would be really rich. dark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, I wonder if I do have something in my old, like, Hotmail account. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a hard time. Mm-hmm. But I... Was it, what about being a, you were in a creative school, so the, yeah. the idea of being a creative, you weren't kind of ostracized, you were kind of surrounded by other creatives. Very supported that which, way, yeah. Because sometimes as a creative, you can feel a little bit lost because your path isn't laid out like traditional paths. Yeah, I got really, really lucky, and, and I had a choice of high schools to go to. There were like a few in my district, mm-hmm. and obviously the, the arts school was calling to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a tech school, and it sounded cool because they were like, oh, you could do high school on a laptop, and we're like, oh, cool. You <laughs> sounds know? awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but part of me was like, no, I got to apply an audition because it was very much like almost like applying to a mm-hmm. university or something. Like to get in the arts program, you had to... Like make a tape or something or what would you do? Well, for visual arts, you had to like make a portfolio and yep. send that in. And for vocals, you would usually go in for an audition. No yeah, so like Which, you had to be approved to be in it and also keep your grades above, I think, 80 in every subject. So across the board, not was, just in art. And was that still easy for you to be an A student when you're kind yeah. of you're dealing with a lot of... Aside from like math class, because I had one jerk of a teacher mm-hmm. that just almost failed everybody for no reason. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> one of those. Um, that was not that was not fun. But other than that, yeah, like I don't know how I did it, to be honest with you. Like I think I just knew how to do it. And again, it was almost like a control thing or mm-hmm. somewhere that I knew how to put that energy. Like, yeah. so I just always wanted to achieve because mm-hmm. I was good at it and I knew how to do it mm-hmm. so I did it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that basic yeah it was just kind of like autopilot for me mm-hmm. I guess so yeah um that's how it went in high school and I had the opportunity to do a lot of performances in front of like a big crowd we had an auditorium cool. that would fill with people like we would do a lot of productions after school mm-hmm. we would do like a coffee house every now and again uh, we had a rock band I ended up fronting that somehow uh, so that was fun too, mm-hmm. and out of my element because I'm not really a, a rock star, a rocker at all. But it was fun for me. Just to try it, just like it was yeah. a, good, a good group of people. You're like, oh, why not? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time, and uh, and then I started getting some gigs like outside of school, mm-hmm. and in Sudbury. Yep. Just randomly coffee shops wherever. Yeah, and, and like Women's Day events or yep. little local events. Mm-hmm. And then I had to decide where to go to college or university. And I applied across Ontario. And yeah, I ended up doing a really short program in Sudbury for art and design fundamentals. And it just had like a bunch of stuff in it. So back to like kind of contem- like graphic design kind of stuff? or Yeah, graphic yeah. design, a little bit of art history some animation, mm-hmm. like a little bit of everything, yep. color theory, like all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. all just 
put into one program. Yep. And essentially, I think it was meant to lead a lot of people to graphic design because there was a, a graphic design program you could take afterwards if you wanted, yep. uh, which I didn't do because by the time that year was over, it was just a year program. 12 month kind of. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was like, I got to get back to music. You knew that you was. So I did the same thing as I did in high school, really, where I started out with visual art and mm -hmm. then I was like, music's calling my name. It's, it's so, funny you've done it. You did it twice. Yeah, I did it twice. Just because you're not, you're just not, you're not confident to go all in on music. You're like, this feels a little more, there might be more opportunity here. Yeah. And I also sat in on some uh, music classes. Like when I was in high school, we went to different universities and checked out their vocal music programs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was like theory driven and very mm -hmm. operatic. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm a songwriter. I, I almost want to say grassroots, but like very like organic with mm -hmm. it and I don't like sight reading and reading sheet music and mm -hmm. theory and you know mm -hmm. I, I like to do it by ear like for me it's always been a very natural thing like to have a melody come in my head or uh, be able to harmonize with someone just because I can hear where the yep. harmony lies yep. so it didn't seem right to me to to take that road yep yeah be because you're kind of you just had it in you the gut intuition yeah the, the ear yeah. So, so, so to, to conform into the regular kind of school curriculum, it just felt like a didn't yeah, fit. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So I got really lucky because I finished that college program and set the intention of, okay, I got to start getting back to music and throw myself into some songwriting mm -hmm. and make a record and start gigging. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what I did. And I got really lucky, like... The downtown core is very small in Sudbury, and I started to just get to know people. I'd go out to open mics mm -hmm. every week, and people would start coming out every week. Just kind of following you around, doing the tour? or Yeah. Yep. And people started learning my original songs. No way. And I was like, this is awesome. interesting. <laughs> so I fell in love with it, mm -hmm. and I, I just... Which part? Well... Every part. Uh, there was also like a local TV show at the time that did this call for artists to sing original music. Mm -hmm. They wanted someone to do like an acoustic song or two. It was filmed at a bar with a live audience and had to be original. And I was like, that is so me. And this is like right after I finished college. So yeah, I got to know those people. And networked and got to know videographers and local talent and comedians mm -hmm. and all the people involved with the show and they also had an open mic at that same bar so I, I frequented that bar like every week and yeah I just I fell in love with it because it was a sense of community I was, so fun. I was just gonna say that exact word yeah it was community and, and I felt like people cared like mm -hmm. people were invested in me and, and my music and what I had to say and, and they liked it. And I was like, this is really empowering and cool. And, and yeah, that it's a sense of getting to know people. Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you kind of felt that community vibe around your, your music? I think so. I mean, other than performing when I was really young and just loving the energy of a crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, this is like my own mm -hmm. material mm -hmm. that I wrote myself. And there was a lot of pride with that too, because mm -hmm. I don't know, I felt like just some confidence growing with my writing. Mm -hmm. 
did you know that you were building community back then? That you can reflect back on it now and just kind of you, you can really put the pieces together. Yeah. But I, you know, when you when you're in it, you're like, this is just it's all moving the right way. This is just all kind of happening and it feels right. Yeah, I don't the know. Word, the, the word community is very it's not new to me. I've built everything that I, that I've done around community, but it's, it's yeah. not until recently that I actually understand that that's what I've been building over all these years. I don't think I knew at the time, to mm. be honest with you. Yeah. I think. I was in the moment and I loved it and mm. I was gigging full time. And so what does that mean? What is it? What is that? What did your week look like back then? Like I could have two or three gigs in a day. In a day? Yeah. Like, like what kind of places? Well, any kind of community events they'd hire me to do. So that could be at like noon and then I could be playing a bar later on that day mm -hmm. or a jazz festival or. And yeah. um, original stuff, covers, what was your Yeah, everything? a mix of both. Yep. Yeah. And I just started networking with people and. I think for a while when I first started, I had to reach out to bars and restaurants and mm -hmm. cafes and mm -hmm. and fight for a place to play because yep. I had to make myself known to and people. How, how'd that go? Pretty well. Yeah? Yeah, like people would book me. Because <laughs> you were good enough. I guess so. Well, and I was young. I was probably like 19 or mm. 20, you know, just starting out. Yep. Um, but I was really supported and I... Yeah, started writing for my first album and recorded it with my dad and his friends. No way. Yeah. That'd be cool. It was fun. So what, what did that what did that group look like? Who was all in it? There was a bass player. Yeah, my dad was playing bass on my tracks, yeah. and, and we kind of produced it together. Cool. And we recorded it in the middle of nowhere at, at his friend Marshall's place. He has he lives like in the middle of a forest, essentially. Mm -hmm. But a cool little studio? Yeah, he has this little studio out there as well, mm -hmm. and yeah. So you were you're almost twenty. You're nineteen, twenty when this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So we worked on it for probably a year or so. So you wrote for. Did you write all fresh stuff for like twelve months leading up to this moment? Did you pull things in from when you were younger, or how did it all kind of come together? I think I was just always writing around that time, but I'd mm. say within a year, and I picked my favorite songs, and yep. we did about maybe ten to twelve songs. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a cool it was a cool experience for so what, sure. What happens after you finish that? Like, I, I know nothing about this process. So. Oh, well, you know, since we're just going on about Sudbury and, and how special that time was, again, like I don't and know. P.S. We got lots of time, so, <laughs> so we can stay here for a long time. <laughs> it was it was really special because it's my hometown, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So basically, I planned a CD release party and hired the band, which is like my dad's musician friends. Mm -hmm to play with me mm -hmm. and the, so the same bar that I did this TV show and where I played these open mics for probably a couple years was the same bar that offered me their venue for free to do my CD release party awesome. and the place next door that I also played fairly often it was like a cafe restaurant uh, donated and catered for free awesome. and we sold tickets and sold the place out and people that you know, had gotten to know me over the past couple of years, showed up. So I was probably around 22, 23 around this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll never forget that night. Mm -hmm. It was really special. Mm -hmm. My family was there. My friends were there. People from the community were there. And there was just so much support. And yeah, it was a really special time. Do you, did you understand, did you, like when you made the decision to gig like all the time, like multiple times in a day for years, yeah. Did you know what you were building? Did you know that you put in that kind of work for two years when you decided to finally come out and write and get 
produce an album, throw a launch party, everything just kind of falls into place. Did you know that things would fall into place like that? Or were you just, were you surprised? Did it make sense to you? Like, what'd you, what'd you feel like when that, when, like, you still remember that night, obviously. Oh, you? yeah. It's like, it was yesterday. I mean, obviously so much has happened since then because mm -hmm. it was like, I was doing everything. Yep. And I'm still doing a lot in my career right now. But at that point, like, I was self-produced and writing 100% of my own stuff and mm -hmm. doing my own design and doing everything, booking my own shows. Mm -hmm. uh, it just made sense. I think everything just kind of fell into place. I think I always knew that this is what I wanted to do. Yep. So I just kind of followed the path and it somehow came together. And I mean, if it wasn't for my dad helping me produce that record and basically doing it for free, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think it would have happened. Uh, and but a couple of years later, I mean, obviously I got to a point where I thought, okay, I have to find a producer and, and take the next organic step. So it all just kind of like mm -hmm. happens naturally over time. But at that, at that point, I mean, it just, everything made sense. Mm -hmm. But with a lot of work behind it, right? Yeah. I think I think that the sometimes when I think about where I am or the, the journey I'm on, I always try and look back and try and figure out how I got there. And it's and sometimes you know people that don't you know I don't know your full story. I'm sure a lot of people don't know like the story. But there's so much work behind the scenes that get that leads you to a moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like always. Some, some people just think, oh, she just. Showed up and, <laughs> and threw a party. Meanwhile, there's like two years and how many hundreds of gigs and yeah, nothing glamorous. It's straight work. I'm really glad you brought that up because it's something that I try to share about quite often, especially on social media, because people see a lot of highlights. It's the finish. Yeah. And I always try to share like behind the scenes or the fact that it's, it's messy sometimes and it's hard. Like it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. And I think... The world is lacking that a little bit in yeah. terms of just being honest. No one's journey is mm -hmm. just smooth sailing and perfect and easy and, and success doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And I think it's it's something that's uh, for some reason out in the world and, and people believe that and we judge each other for it yeah. and we get jealous and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I don't think anything's handed to anybody. No. I really don't. I think there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. And, and yeah, I think it's an important thing to remind people of. There's a, um, there's a smart guy out there, Gary Vaynerchuk, that says, oh, I love him. <laughs> do document the journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it actually, here's a total like tangent for you, but I actually met Gary V. <gasps> did you really? On one of his 4Ds programs. Oh my God. So I did the I virtual. I love Gary V. Yeah. So you and I could talk about him for like <laughs> days. But anyways, document the journey. Yeah. And, and to, the, to your point, like, you know, letting people in, which is super vulnerable and, yep. and kind of uh, intimidating. But to let people in at actually what's happening leading up to these big moments, it lets them understand, like, yeah. that it's not a one-off. It's not just luck. It's not, it's not a silver spoon. It's not just given to you. There's actually work and a bunch of ups and downs that leads to this point. Oh, 100%. And, and I, I think people relate to that. And I think people need it because it's so easy to get discouraged when yep. you're scrolling on socials to feel like mm -hmm. you're not doing enough, or you're not getting mm -hmm. ahead or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, reality check here is yep. this, there's, there's ups and downs. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think when people get off the metrics on social, because metrics can be that, you know, the, that defining number where people are actually, you know, their self-esteem is based off these numbers, mm -hmm. which is very dangerous. Very. But I think when people can document what they're really up to and who they really are, then it just paints such a clear picture of who you are as, as a person and as a brand. Yeah. And it makes you different because you're just talking about what you believe in. 
you're not pandering to trends and what other people do, which is you. And then the people that start liking you, the level of the depth of connection is much deeper because you're letting oh, people yeah. in, which, but it's hard to do. It's, it, yeah. It's very hard to let people in like that. True. I try my best to like stay fairly vulnerable with mm -hmm. socials. And obviously I have to set a boundary of like, what do I keep to myself mm -hmm. and it's what like, do I hold sacred for yep. me and, and mm -hmm. my family or my yep. whatever. Yep. But at the same time, there's a lot of who I am that is just so intertwined with what I do and my mm -hmm. art and my mm -hmm. writing and my whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I try to show people behind the scenes uh, and keep it real as, as much as I can. Which is the right move. Yeah. Um, so after this CD release party, yeah, where do you go? I went to Montreal okay. for a couple years. Um, music scene? Yeah. I, at that time, was getting antsy because I had already played everywhere there was to play in Sudbury. Over and over. Over and over and over, and I just wanted to grow. Yeah. So I started flying out there a couple times a year just to do like showcases and network and try to see what the scene was like there. So I moved there for a bit and turned out to not be my place. I just couldn't just really, yeah, the vibe wasn't right. And something about it just wasn't for me. Yep. Couldn't really connect to the local scene. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know enough about their local scene. Um, so I really just showcased out there and, and tried to network and just wanted to get away from home yep. and explore something new because I didn't go away to college. Right. Like mm -hmm. that was my first time leaving home. Mm -hmm. So I left and explored that for a bit, ended up going back to Ontario and still songwriting and started doing things like CBC Searchlight and just sending in some original songs. And it was just this contest that started, um, I don't know when that was, probably 2015, 2016 around there. So this was like maybe two years after my CD release in 2014. Yep. And I, I ended up putting uh, in a song called Unspoken and I wrote it in Montreal and essentially, it was still like a very self-produced, raw, like low quality song. And it was just this contest that CBC held and, and people- Across Canada. Across Canada. Yeah. And people had to vote. And video submissions with your song? Yeah. Okay. So I filmed a video. Yep. Again, one of my friends did it for free, but mm -hmm. it looked great because they were studying videography. Mm -hmm. And people voted and loved it and got to number one in Northern Ontario no way. and top 25 in Canada. And to me, like CBC had me in their studio and live on the radio and spinning this track. And again, it was that moment of like, people care about what I'm writing. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And people, I couldn't believe like that was even happening. But I also was starting to feel like, how am I going to grow next? Cause I don't want to stop here. I don't want to keep just repeating the same stuff. Yep. So naturally my thought was I got to find a producer. So I started looking up producers. And what is the, why did your head go there? Like what is it? A, what would a, what a producer, what were they going to give you that you needed? I think I was just ready to grow sonically with recordings, production. I kind of wanted to explore Maybe even just vocally, yep. like having someone vocally coach you and, and a vocal producer yep. was something that I kind of needed because I think sometimes you just stay in your comfort zone if you know what's 
working for you. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think I was just ready to expand and have a better quality production overall because to get your songs on the radio or expose them to the world to like a greater audience. I think the quality just needed to be a little bit higher than recording in a shed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is still awesome. (laughs) Which, and you know, it worked obviously something about it worked. Um, And that's, you got to start somewhere, you know, but I was just ready to like, it's almost like it's, it's the evolution. Yeah. It's it's bringing people into your world that can help you just kind of put a bow on what you're up to. Totally. So my producer that I found was also involved with this program called Canada's Music Incubator. And that's in Toronto. It's changed a bit over the years, but essentially it's like two months of your life, nine to five, you move to Toronto and you're in the thick of the industry. And my producer said, you should apply for this program. And it's kind of like school. Yep. Uh, a bit of boot camp mixed in them. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you do vocal workshops, you do just a lot of seminars. Yeah. Obviously I, I applied and got in and, uh, there was about maybe 15 of us from across Canada and we cool. all just put our lives on hold. And, and there's random submission, like a video submission with a kind of resume kind of thing. And like, yeah. I remember like a pretty extensive, yeah. you know, one of those almost like a Google doc or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. like a form to fill mm-hmm. in all these things, your website and your photos yeah. and your demos and mm-hmm. everything. And so pretty cool to get selected to be in this group. Yeah. It was, so you're like picking up wins. Yeah. The CBC one. Now you're going to this program. Totally. Mm-hmm. So I picked up everything and moved to Toronto and took this program. And it was like the most two, intense two months of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made some friends and a lot of them were from out West. So I, I made a lot of great friends from Vancouver and Calgary, and that's eventually why I moved here too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, from across Canada, like people from coast to coast. Cool. Yeah, and it was a very intense time. We had people fly in from record labels and Mm -hmm. um, entertainment lawyers. So like there's a full full experience from the business side to the music side to the, I'm sure even just the the amount of work that's being done on a day-to-day basis, like... Yeah. Give you the full picture of what a professional music career would look like. Totally. And it was very overwhelming. Mm. Yeah. It was pretty much like a nine to five. Yep. And just the overwhelming, I don't know, there's there's just so much to learn, yep. like royalties yep. and yep. copyrights mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the business side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a lot of information to like take in at once. But it was really important. And I think that was such a significant time in my life and started you know, recording a couple singles with this producer and again, starting to develop relationships with like CBC and getting stuff on the radio. And that was happening. That was happening at the same time. And, uh, with, because the producer or was it you just like submitting your stuff to different people or a little bit of both, but I got really lucky and, and I met some like amazing radio hosts along the way that somehow believed in me and, and the songs and, what do you think that is? You, 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 you've, you've said it. You, you know, you've, you've touched on like luck and like I don't know, but you, you just don't give it any thought, and, and you're just there's something there, obviously. I whether, guess whether it's talent, personality, something. There's a there's a combination of something that lets you build this community. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you you just gotta throw it out there and hope to God that someone likes it, mm. <laughs> that someone likes you, and someone gives a shit about your story because there's no guarantee that anyone's gonna care. Yeah. 
but you have to have the the courage and take the risk to put it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I've always had to do is just like take the risk because mm-hmm. there's never a guarantee. No. But I think it's more of a risk to not put it out. Well, it'd be, it, it would haunt you. Yeah. Like I would be really miserable if I didn't. Mm-hmm. What if, what if? Yeah. So it, to me, it's just not an option. Yeah. Like I just have to do just it. Just going. Yeah. Um, so what happens after that? You're kind of submitting that this program kind of wraps up. You're getting some play on CBC. Yeah. Uh, so things were okay for a little What'd bit. What did you think of Toronto? It was hard. I hated Toronto. I did too, honestly. And, and this is where the story dips down a little bit from all the highs. Uh, yeah, things were. I felt like things were going really well. And I had everything going for me. And I felt like the stars were kind of aligning and mm-hmm. things were making sense. But then I decided to stay in Toronto after the program and figure out a way to live in a really expensive city, in a lonely city. Most of my friends left and went back to their Mm -hmm. homes across the country. And I was set on just trying to make it work. So I had to find a nine to five so I could afford to live in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So basically I started losing my creative spark around that time because trying to live in Toronto is hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Commuting times as well so it's like you have to work all day to try to pay your bills and then you're commuting an hour here and an hour there just to get around Mm -hmm. so you're losing out on time and I found the live scene really hard there too there's just so many artists and so many venues and so many restaurants but there's not really a I couldn't really find a scene for me like there's a lot of underground R&B hip-hop like stuff that's just booming but for singer-songwriters I just had a hard time finding my place Mm -hmm. Uh, to do live shows so I had the odd one here and there but it just turned into like me living in a basement apartment that was really depressing and nine to five nine to five and also um I mean I don't know how deep I want to get into this but I uh yeah I just had like a super significant um relationship that just blew up Mm. and kind of died and wasn't healthy and that also just took the wind out of me too around the same time. It like, you know, Toronto's not a, Toronto was not kind to you. No, it, it definitely chewed me up and spit me out mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And you had a better place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a much better place now. Thank God. Uh, but it was really tough. It was really, really tough. And I kind of felt like I lost everything. Were you writing back then? No, couldn't write anymore. Yeah. I just had this crazy writer's block that I've never had in my life. Mm-hmm. And something that was always a, a part of me and my identity and mm-hmm. came so naturally to me was gone. Combination of everything. Combination being a, of everything. Being a tough spot and even like the lack of playing out, like would that kind of steal some energy too from yeah. writing? Yeah, it was a really lonely time. Like I was just trying to survive mm-hmm. and it was just super depressing and I just didn't know what to do with myself for a while and mm-hmm. I just tried to make it work and you know, there's roadblocks sometimes that happen in life when it's like, this is not where you're supposed to be. Yep. And I just kept getting like roadblock after roadblock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not working. And tried. Uh, like, yeah. For a long I tried for a couple years. Which and is I long was enough like, to figure it out. Yeah. I was like, I got to go. And yep. yeah, I kind of had this bad, negative, like unhealthy cycle going on um, just relationship wise. And I thought, you know, if I don't leave, I'm, I'm never going to get out. Mm-hmm. It's just going to keep going. So my grandma was pushing me a lot. Actually, she lived north of Toronto by a couple hours and she's like, come stay with me and like, let's get a plan together. She's like, why don't you go to Calgary? 
go visit go randomly well kind of randomly but she knew that i had a couple friends here like artist friends that i took that program with and and she just kind of had this intuition of like you gotta go were you guys close growing up yeah well maybe not so much growing up because she always lived a few hours away yep but she's always been like my number one fan she can see yeah who you are and yeah what you should do for sure. And mm-hmm. she's always been pushing me and was trying to help me get my feet back on the ground because she knew that some stuff was going down mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I was like struggling. Mm-hmm. And uh, she knows that this is what I'm supposed to do and cool. and was like pushing me pretty hard to like, let's go. Mm-hmm. So she pushed me to take a trip out here. So basically I kind of moved in with her for a bit mm-hmm. and uh, did a couple shows like throughout Ontario around that time and just yep. tried to get my feet back on the ground. And I came out here for a trip and met up with some artist friends. And I was like, yeah, the only thing holding me back is like that relationship that's off and on. And <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had some support there from some close like girlfriends of mine and they were like, yeah, like move out move here. Out here. Mm-hmm. How long did it take your grandma to convince it to convince you to take that trip? <laughs> Mm. Was it a short? I mean, maybe like six months. Yeah, okay. So she was working you. She was working me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the trip, the first trip that you came out here, just like a week or two, just yeah. to, to, just to see? Yeah. You'd never been out here before? I had been, but it was a family trip when I was probably like 13. Mm. So it had yeah. been like at least 10 years yeah. or more. Yeah. yeah. So you come hang out, feels okay. Yeah, and I, and I love the mountains. Like, and that's the thing too. I mean, I haven't said that yet, but I've always loved the West Coast. Like, I've loved the mountains. I've loved the ocean. It's always kind of felt like home to me, even though I'm totally from the East Coast. Uh, something about it feels really majestic and comforting to me, mm-hmm. and inspirational. So, it made sense that I'd want to come out this way because yep. I've always kind of wanted to land somewhere around like. BC, California, somewhere west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, <laughs> uh, you're inching over there. Yeah. So it, it just kind of made sense. So I literally packed everything. I sold a lot of stuff too. I mean, I was moving across the country mm-hmm. and started from scratch and I just left. And took the leap. <laughs> yep. And what did it what did it feel like when you got here? Uh I was lucky again. Like uh I moved in with one of my friend's moms for a, a couple months just yep. to get my feet yep. wet and figure out Calgary because I was like, I don't know where anything is. Mm-hmm. I don't know the quadrants of the mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But I, again, like hit the ground running. I moved out here and made some connections and booked some shows. Cool. Where at? The, uh, we did like a Blue Jay session. Uh, I don't know. I think it was at the Oak Tree Tavern, which isn't a thing anymore, I don't think. But yeah made some like radio connections in high river and just did some fun gigs and whatever. And cool. yeah, I mean, I just started like right away, right away within a couple months of getting here. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I still was like processing a lot. I just moved across the country. I was mm-hmm. still kind of clinging on to like mm-hmm. old relationship that I'm trying to get out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took me a while to like get my feet on the ground, yep. but it, it, made sense like I had friends and I had a sense of community here and also they started running this incubator program in Calgary as well so before it was only in Toronto mm. but now they're running it at Studio Bell and there's this like sense of synchronicity and just 
I don't know. It was really cool because I met artists here that did the same program as me here, or they took it in Toronto a different year. Awesome. And so it's like everyone's so connected and we all know the same people in mm -hmm. terms of industry people, right? Mm -hmm. Same producers and same managers. Yep. And, um, we have all the same friends. And so I found myself at the King Eddie one night pre pandemic, uh, probably like, yeah, late 2019. And a lot of people that I knew from Toronto, managers, producers, whatever artists were here for an event. I think it was like a showcase event because I think they wrapped up the the incubator program here. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the, mm -hmm. the program, they have a showcase. So I just remember that night and looking around and I thought, I know so many people here right now in this room, more than I would know in Toronto and more than I would know anywhere. It was unreal because it was like a handful of people that I met when I moved here and a handful of people that I knew from Toronto. Mm -hmm. But it was like unreal because I felt the community. You've but I was brand new here. <laughs> did, did it? Did you know when you're looking around the room, you're like, I'm in the right place? Yeah. Like it was a pretty quick for you to switch your brain around. Yeah, it was really, really special, and and I think about that night often because it just made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, it took a lot of work to get to that point where it makes sense. Like beside the giant travel to come across the country in years to figure it out. But. Totally. And I mean, it's not like everything was just hunky-dory after no, no. then because mm -hmm. you know a couple months later uh well i flew back to toronto actually because <laughs> i somehow ended up on the Marilyn dennis show <laughs> um i guess i had reached out to them at some point for something and totally forgot about it so january 2020 uh one of their producers emails me and they're like hey do you want to come and we'll do like an an artist interview and a makeover and we'll do the spotlight. And I was like, I literally just moved to Calgary, but yeah, I'll fly over and we'll do this because as if I'm going to say no. Yeah. Good exposure. Yeah. And I was starting over here. So I kind of wanted like a, a bit of a new look to go with a new start and new music. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to Toronto, <laughs> filmed this thing and came back and then COVID hit. Like in March. Mm -hmm. So that, Everything's, this is where people, you know, if I was live performer, performers just got, went to zero. Yeah. Like zeroed, which I can't imagine what that actually feels like when you're trying to build a career around that. The only thing I can relate it to is if I was DJing still. Right. And all my income, all my, all my opportunities went to zero. I don't know how you guys did it. Super challenging. I think it was a, a bit easier for me for two reasons. The first one is that I already had my life fall apart right before COVID. So I already felt isolated before the pandemic even hit. Mm. So in a way I felt like taking time to myself in isolation, I needed it yeah. to like keep rebuilding my life. Mm. I know that sounds weird. I know, no, but it's like, but the way that my life planned out, like played yeah. out is like my life fell apart and I moved here and I started to get my feet on the ground here and and what have you. And then the pandemic started, like I'm already fairly introverted and I'm not saying it was easy because no. it sure wasn't, but it's like, I was in a place where I could use my time to create. Mm -hmm. And a fresh environment. Yeah. Was that good to be around, like to be in Calgary with these, you've met a few people, like you were kind of ready to go again. Yeah. I felt really supported mm -hmm. and 
quickly. Yeah. Again, it's almost like the stars aligned and, and mm-hmm. I met really significant people that helped me finish songs that I put on the shelf no years ago Cool. and helped me just. What does that look like? You, you kind of meet people and you, and you, and you email them this, this song or you just like sit with them and like they read it with you and then they're like, oh, I got ideas and you just go. I did. Uh, and I was never a co-writer, by the way. Like I always took so much pride in writing my own material. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you didn't know any better? Or that was just. Well, I preferred it. I yep. think I liked the control yep. and I liked the pride of mm-hmm. saying That's I wrote mine. this song 100% myself. Mm-hmm. And if people like it, I take pride in that. It's all me. And it's me <laughs> as yeah. a writer. Yeah, like yeah. it was very affirming for me. Yeah. Uh, also, I tried co-writing with a few people and it just, it just didn't jive. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the co-write. Mm-hmm. It depends on the person. There's a lot of vulnerability involved. You you have to have a vibe and a yeah. sense of trust and, and all that stuff. And it doesn't always uh, come naturally. It depends who you're working with. But also like some co-writes, you show up with nothing. And that's a very strange type of co-write for me, just to let go and try to jive with someone that you've never written with before. Like those Mm -hmm. co-writes don't work for me. Mm -hmm. What worked for me was letting uh, someone help me like tighten up a song that I already started working on Mm -hmm. and someone that I could trust to be vulnerable with and tell my story and, and someone that could help me get out of my own way. That's the kind of co-write that worked for me. Mm. And that looked like a lot of Zoom calls during lockdowns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also really fortunate to have an opportunity to record a music video at Studio Bell in the pandemic cool. through Canadian or was it Canadian Music Week or Indie Week? I can't quite remember. But they partnered with Jim Beam and I entered a song. You're good at these contests, right? Eh? I guess so. Like everything, everything you like enter is like, yep, come on. I got really lucky though, because again, like, no, this word luck just lucky, keeps lucky, <laughs> lucky. It must have like a horseshoe stuck somewhere. Um, if it wasn't the pandemic, essentially, how this would have worked is um, you would play live. Like, if you were chosen as a finalist, you would play live at a bar, and then they would pick finalists from there yep. to just keep narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. And again, this is like across Canada competition but because of covid they said well hey you're a finalist and we can't do live shows because everything's shut down but you can go record a live music video at studio bell instead and i was like that's awesome cool so i had a couple friends join me on that and we did a a live off the floor performance with covid measures and literally Mm -hmm. you know meter sticks measuring us and Mm -hmm. masks and everything and you can only take it off when you get to the mic Mm -hmm. but that was through COVID and a really special experience to work with a producer there and do a video. And it was super fun. And again, just like gave me a sense of community, Mm -hmm. got to gig with friends and yeah, had something to promote. (laughs) Um, Something good to talk about. Yeah. But then I just kept songwriting and yeah, did a lot of zoom calls and, uh, a friend of mine was also the songwriter in residence at the library and did a lot of virtual like songwriting sessions and just virtual kind of workshops. Is that all new because of COVID? Yeah. Which is interesting. Like an innovation piece for them to spin this up, you know, they had to react to what was happening out there. So 
Yeah, totally. So things can keep moving, which is good. That just kept me going because I, I think if I didn't have that, I, I wouldn't be where I am sitting here with you today <laughs> talking about everything because it just pushed, so pushed me forward. What was happening in these, these moments? Like what were you actually doing? Well, some of it was like a virtual songwriting performance. So okay. like we would take turns performing. Yep. Uh, some of it was like co-writes. Yep. And, and I would book extra sessions like outside of a group because we would have these group calls, but you could also do like one-on-ones. So then I'd book a one-on-one and uh, bring a song and workshop it. Cool. And it just forced me to like keep going. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like business conversations. So I was terrified to find like a new producer to work with because it's a vulnerable uh, and hard decision to make. It's like finding a husband Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me. You know what I mean? It's like finding a partner. It's it's, it's not always an easy match Mm -hmm. to find. And so I was really being pushed at that time too because I was saying all these things like, yeah, I want to get back in the studio and I want to keep songwriting and I want to put out new music. Uh, But I was terrified to do it Mm. because it, it's a huge risk emotionally, but also financially and trying to find my people. Scary. (laughs) Trusting new people is scary. (laughs) And that's the kind of stuff that I would want to share too, right? It's Mm -hmm. not just like, Oh, everything's like Mm -hmm. came together so easily. Like that was terrifying. Well, I kind of, because the producer, they're so intertwined in your life. Yeah. So from making business decisions and creative decisions and like everything, like personal, like everything, it's all this person you really need to trust. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a cost, like you said, to work with people. So yeah, huge risk. And so you're like buying a husband <laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> and hoping to God it works. <laughs> <You're totally>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that around this time last year, actually, hmm. I think it was probably around April, May when I started, uh, interviewing and doing my vetting Mm -hmm. and just really trying to see who would be a good fit and also listening to songs that my friends have recorded and and trying to you know ask around personally like who who would be a good match for me Mm -hmm. and yeah started having those conversations and doing those phone calls and trying to figure out who do I want to work with yeah is there some good people in Calgary yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely um Again, kind of a full circle moment was when I first moved here, I found a record by Tanya Ryan and she's down in Okotoks, but I absolutely fell in love with the production on that record. As what soon- pieces? Like what, what part of production? I think just the overall sound, because there is a lot of country here and I'm not really a country artist and sometimes it, that can make me feel like an outcast a little mm-hmm. bit because uh, I just kind of do my own thing. Yep. Um, so in terms of finding a producer, like I didn't want to go heavy on, on country. Uh, I love country and there's a lot of really amazing artists, friends of mine that are in that scene, but Mm -hmm. I kind of am on the outside of that and I'm kind of just on my own Mm -hmm. path. On the island. Yeah. So Tanya's record sounded like something I wanted to sound like. And when you say sounded like, like her choice of music or just how they put it all together? Yeah. A little bit of both. I think the songwriting element, but also just... Sound the like, sounds, like mm-hmm. the the instrumentation right. and and the overall vibe. Yep. I was like, this is something I could hear myself doing. Cool. And the quality of the re- recordings were just like phenomenal. Awesome. So, fast forward to you know maybe a year after I lived here, uh, and a good friend of mine had referred me to this producer that recorded that album cool. and had good things to say about him. Mm-hmm. 
And I think she had mentioned him to me before, but I never really paid attention to it for some reason. Yeah. And he ended up becoming my producer. Awesome. So, yeah, uh, his name is Mark Troyer, and he is just phenomenal. Like, good human. Which is... Which is number one on my checklist. Just to say that, though, because that's such a big piece to everything. But Yeah, it's a tricky business, you know? It's overlooked. Yeah. Sometimes this business can be a a weird thing to navigate, Mm -hmm. and and especially as a female as well, because it's a very male-dominated industry, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of power plays and ego things sometimes, and you want to make sure you feel safe with who you're working with. and. and creatively, you want to be on the same page mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of boxes to check yep. for me. It's not just finding a musical match. It's mm-hmm. also like you got to trust this person with your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> with your voice, with your soul, with your heart, with mm-hmm. your music. Like it's everything. So when did you sign? It was last summer. I started okay. recording. I had a couple songs that I wanted to record yep. with him. And I had to decide on one. Yep. And the first one is uh, Save Myself, which is the first track that I just released this year. A couple months ago? A couple months ago, yeah, in February. That, that's when I started to kind of figure out what you're up to and yeah. watching it. So I've, I've been watching it from afar, so it's been yeah. interesting to see what you've been doing. So I, I built that and I sat on it for almost a year, really, because I just wanted to do it right. Mm. I wanted to rebuild myself and I wanted to not rush the process. I mm. wanted to keep recording and writing and playing shows And also think about marketing and think about getting new photos and think about what is my messaging and who do I want to be. And Mm -hmm. and there's parts of me that I wanted to shed from the past and parts of me that I want to continue forward. So I really took time to think about that stuff. Like you're thoughtful around your brand. Yeah. How you wanted this to kind of come up. Totally. Which is And I had to, yeah, and I had to build a new team, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had to work with my producer and my producer has a manager and getting Mm -hmm. to know his manager Mm -hmm. and figuring out um, what photographer I wanted to work with Mm -hmm. and style and tone and yeah like all these all these connections and my co-writer and like all these things uh, took time to figure out but it all kind of came together Mm -hmm. for this track and then last year as well, like I entered a couple local competitions for songwriting and tried to get my name out there locally. And yep. um, how'd those go? Had success with those two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about contests. <laughs> I don't know. It's something about contests, I guess. Well, I it, there's a reason you're doing well. I guess. Like one of them was for the Music Mile. They had this competition, a songwriting competition, and they just wanted people to talk about the energy of the the local Calgary community. Cool. and the art scene mm-hmm. and I thought I'd love to do that because as soon as I moved here I felt like a sense of community and mm-hmm. I met people from across the country that move here and there seems to be this sense of unity here uh so I wrote a song about that and how long did it take, long did it take to write that song not very long I wrote like two a, actually like a couple <laughs> days uh well I wrote one probably within a couple days like and then I it just comes out like once you're once you're going it just yeah Sometimes I'll revi- revisit it over the course of a few weeks, yep. but I had a deadline of, you know, maybe a couple months to write it. Mm-hmm. So I submitted to that and we still had some restrictions at that time. So yep. it was all virtual. So I sent in like a demo yep. and luckily we were able to meet and have like a finale. So made it to the top three cool. and we did a finale at the Ironwood and mm-hmm. played our songs 
and uh, came in second place. Awesome. So that was exciting. Won some Spolumbo's Deli. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Long, Long McQuaid gift card and yeah. Recordland gift card and, and also just really like networking. Yeah. And trying to just make my presence known here because mm-hmm. I'm still fairly new here. And like no, very, very new. Yeah, and no one was gigging all last mm-hmm. year, really. Mm-hmm. So really great opportunity for that. And around that time, I also applied to this uh, contest through Atco Energy. Yeah. They wanted to support Alberta artists, so they had 10 prizes, nine smaller cash prizes, and then a, a grand prize of like a cash prize and studio time at OCL Studios. Cool. And it was just about supporting the arts and making a comeback because of the pandemic. Yep. So I entered that and won the grand prize. No way. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you have to write a new song for that? Well, luckily I had the two top songs, right? Because I didn't know which one to record first with my producer. So yep. I ran with the second one that I didn't choose. Hmm. Uh, so we did some recording out awesome. at OCL. Uh, yeah, and that'll be the, the next single that comes out this year. Hmm. And amazing opportunity with that too like led to some live shows and connections and that's how I met Paula from Worthington PR and so many people created that contest like it's not just at co like they Mm -hmm. they partnered with the profits of music which is a non-profit they partnered with um, Paula's company they partnered with like a few other entities to support the arts Mm -hmm. and just perfect timing really perfect timing And, and it was called our comeback contest cool. because I mean the pandemic right and yeah. we were trying to make a comeback and uh this very much felt like my comeback too right like in terms of just my life and my career mm-hmm. it wasn't just after the pandemic but this is like my comeback of yeah. I haven't released anything in four years mm-hmm. so pretty fitting <laughs> <laughs> you can you, you couldn't even obviously you couldn't you can't plan for situations like that yeah but here you are like at the perfect spot it was really incredible to be so supported in a new space mm-hmm. through a pandemic yeah. like like hell hell for a, a performer like just yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy it took the time to actually be that you knew that you were, you were going to have to be forced to be an introvert and just kind of figure some things out like i'm sure there's a lot of people that were panicked and didn't know how to react to it yeah and it was really hard too like I I don't want it to sound like it was super easy because no, I mean no. it, doesn't, my, it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean my whole family is on the other side of the country, mm-hmm. and that was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I live alone. Mm-hmm. Going through COVID is not easy. Can't imagine. But I also um, made some beautiful relationships and friendships and um, working relationships and started building my team and got back to songwriting and I wasn't even a hundred percent sure that I'd be able to songwrite ever again to be honest coming out of that block yeah I I had a moment where I wasn't I wasn't sure if I could do it anymore mm. and that was hard now it's back you're like yeah <laughs> it's like it's like really back yeah do you think it's nice do you think you um in an artist's career and this is and I I may be talking out of turn here but Lots of ups and downs. A lot of our, I'm guessing there's people that have been through this before. Yeah. It's super hard when you're in the middle of a block because I'm sure you're questioning everything. But now when you're out of it, it's just part of your story. And I'm sure you can draw on it. You'll be able to draw on it for years, I feel like. Is it? Yeah. I still have my days. <laughs> when, you're, when you're questioning yeah. if you got it or what? 
Yeah, you I think I, that's the creative. You think that's just your industry and 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 how you have to be questioning it, so you're not like getting egotistical and just expecting things to come to you? Partly. I think it's also that I'm still so new here and I came here at a weird time. Mm. I didn't have the chance to build relationships with venue owners yeah. or I was, it's not like I was gigging every yep. day in Calgary because I wasn't here long enough to build those relationships. So in yep. a way it's like, I still have that legwork to do now. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is very, it's very interesting because you've got a couple of wins now. Yeah. Now you're going to go back to kind of the, um, the day-to-day grind of building those relationships from the ground up. Yeah, it's like I'm starting all over again. But it's nice to have these like feathers in your cap now. Yeah. You know, so that introduction to these new venues, it's not, you know, you're not new, new. True. Which, which is, yeah, it, it, it's going to work. It, it, just, it, <laughs> it feels like it's just, you've got, like, there's no path, but your path is, it's interesting. Like, it seems like it's, you're going to build a community around here. Yeah, I hope so anyways. I mean, everyone's been really welcoming to me and I still feel like I kind of have to earn it a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of gigging live. Yep. Like I, I you want to, do you want to get back to that like yeah. live gig grind? I do. Yeah, I do. I miss it. And I, I think the more one-off shows that I do that are really amazing yep. make me feel like, yeah, this is what I want to be doing. Like, I want to be playing. You getting a sense right now? Is it like wide, wide open for musicians to get out there and play again? I think my friends that are full time playing live, mm-hmm. they're they're back at it yep. pretty strong. Yep. But I think the people that don't necessarily gig full time as a living aren't necessarily gigging all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I probably had three or four shows last month, so like one a week. Yep. I mean, better than. Better than nothing. <laughs> it's an, yeah, it's and had some way. yeah, and, and had some significant shows, right? Yeah. So uh, that feels good to me. It, it's hard to say. I think everyone's still a little bit on edge too. Like mm-hmm. I, there's there's probably a a mix a mixed bag. There's people that just want this all to be over and they want to be out having dinner and they want to see live music at the mm-hmm. same time. But yeah. there's still people that are like hesitant that this could all shut down again yeah. because who knows? Like a couple mm-hmm. months from now, we could very well have mm-hmm. variant number. <laughs> eight or 10 or whatever. Like there's just no, there's no knowing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what's your game plan to kind of figure out where you want to play? Do you have a, do you have a hit list? Do you know Calgary? It's hard because you haven't been able to f- see a lot of shows at these different venues. Yeah. That's something I'm trying to figure out right now. Like hmm. I, I'd like to say that with new recordings out and yep. kind of building myself back up, yep. um, on on my social media platform that people locally will have a sense of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that can lead to more live shows because that has happened, yep. um, which I'm really grateful for. It but works. I, it, like, yeah. Um, well, that's why branding. we're here. Yeah, totally. And that's why I did that songwriter show last week is mm-hmm. just through socials. Yeah. Um, but I think I also want to do some personal networking the old school way, just like I did back in Sudbury where I, I get to know bar owners and mm-hmm. go to these venues and get to know what they're all about and yep. just go in yep. and, and play a show and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's nothing to lose by doing that. No. So I think I, I need to kind of, but it feels like you have the energy to go down that path again. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've had to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you've done it right. So you know what, you know exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I, uh, and you meet a lot of artists ar- along the way too. Like mm-hmm. I think pretty much every show that I play, you meet artists 
either on the same bill as you mm-hmm. or in the audience mm-hmm. and they want to play a show, mm-hmm. then they reach out to you on socials mm-hmm. and, hey, you want to come play on my show on this night at this, you know, bar or at this mm-hmm. event and it goes just feeds it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as long as I'm putting myself out there, hopefully I'll keep attracting <laughs> opportunities. I think, it, I think, yeah, I think you've figured out that you're good enough again, just by listening to the stories and winning all these things. <laughs> I guess luck, I'm doing something right. These lucky opportunities. I feel the more that people get to know you in this city, I, I feel like you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, again, I don't know everything, but <laughs> for, for how you've been how you've been operating for all these years, I feel like it's going to go. Yeah, be, I hope so. It'll be cool for me to watch because I feel like I, <laughs> I knew her. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> when she first moved here and had nothing. Totally. Um, this has been really cool. Yeah, I've loved it. Really cool. Um, There's only one question I ask the guests, and this will be an an interesting one for you. Yeah. It's uh, when I say Calgary, where does your head go? (laughs) My my first thing is cowboys. (laughs) There's a lot of cowboys around here that I'm not used to. Uh, But honestly, it's aside from cowboys (laughs) and Western style, which I love. Um, Community. Yeah, there's there's a really awesome tight-knit artist community here and I haven't felt that since my early days in Sudbury and it very much reminds me of that and it's so special to find after living in Montreal and Toronto and feeling like a nobody and feeling so isolated in a new city I don't think I've really felt that way here so I don't know what it is about this place (laughs) but Calgary to me is is home and it's it's community that's cool I think Calgary's like a a big-ish city with a small-town vibe. Yeah, totally. And once you're in your, once you're in the right circle, the connections are just limitless. Yeah, it blows my mind that everyone kind of knows everyone. Mm-hmm. And if I go out to a show like at the King Eddie or, or something like that, anywhere along that strip, mm-hmm. I would probably know people, mm-hmm. which is like a really comforting yeah, feeling. You're like new here. Yeah, it's very comforting. Super cool. Um, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. It's gonna be fun to watch what you get up to. Yeah, I can't wait. Talk soon.